Mm. How many enjoyed the worship this morning? Yeah? Yeah. It was awesome. But better than yet, how many is excited to be in the house of God this morning? A lot of people out doing a bunch of things today. A lot of people did a bunch of stuff last night and paying for it today. But we're in here getting fed something that's going to be what vital to our spirit, man, isn't it? And uh, so look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here and get ready. Man, so last week, Pastor Tom started a series. And it's kind of cool. You know, we've got all this camo up and, you know, we got the quads in here. Steve's quads out there in the foyer. It looks cool. And I see even Steve bought, brought something. That I'm, yeah, oh yeah, want to make sure it wasn't going to come alive and attack me during my sermon. But you know, this is all, this is all cool stuff. Guys understand this stuff, don't we? The hunt. Pastor last week was talking about pursuit. This week I want to talk about the predator versus the prey. These all were prey. They became victim of the predator, didn't they? Yeah. But you know what? How many know every believer should be a predator, always hunting the enemy, fighting and conquering by their faithful preaching? What do you mean faithful preaching? Not just me standing up here, Pastor Tom every week, whether it be somebody else, Keith, you know, Marty, any of these guys come up for preaching. Each and every one of us has a responsibility to spread the gospel. So by faithful preaching, when you tell a coworker about God, you're preaching the word, aren't you? So when we're doing that, we're a predator. We're seeking out the enemy, aren't we? We want to break strongholds. So we should always be hunting the enemy, fighting and conquering by their faithful preaching, holy living, works of faith, and our labor of love. All of that stuff right there, guys, man, that's just, that's powerful stuff. If we was to walk in that stuff right now, be completely walking in it, we'd be seeing some serious victories all around us in our life with our families, with our friends, our coworkers everybody that we come in contact with right so we should always be focused guys and always alert we got an enemy that's coming against us and he's just waiting for me to slacken up loosen the chain get a little bit comfortable because when does he pray when you're not paying attention doesn't he? he he he's a predator he wants to but you know what we got to turn we got to turn that around on him don't we so if you go to first peter chapter 5 and verse 8 tells us to be sober be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's two words in here, you guys, that should be either circled or underlined. It's the devil as and seeking whom he may. So as and may, we, that in your Bible, that should be circled. Because see, the devil as a roaring lion, he's not a roaring lion. He might have used to be, but what happened when Jesus came? He came, he lived a holy example. What did he do? He, he did all this stuff right here. He, he fought and conquered by his faithful preaching, his holy living, his works of faith, and his labor of love. So he took the keys away from Satan. What, when he shed his blood on the cross, died, he went down and took the keys back away from him, didn't he, for us. He pulled the, the enemy's teeth, pulled them right out of his mouth, took his claws away. But he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He can only devour someone, if, anyone if we let him do it. Because our Bible is a key to how we live and how we conquer and how we pursue the enemy. What do you guys think of when you hear predator versus prey? Me, first thing that comes into my mind is watching the lion, the mighty lion of the, of the African you know, wilderness out there. 
Man, I tell you what, there's a powerful animal right there, isn't it? King of the beast. That thing is out there. It's in 100, you know, well, really, you can say 150, 100, whatever I did before the pastor pointed out. It don't matter. We can only give 100%, right? Well, 100% hits its attention and focus and is completely upon its prey. It does not take its focus off of it. It's constantly pursuing, going after that prey. But what is that gazelle doing? That gazelle is 100 plus percent in pursuit to get away, to run, camouflage, hide, do whatever it's got to do. It's got keen senses, doesn't it? It's seeing, it's hearing, it's smell. But the enemy, that's so many times in my life, and I don't know about yours, but there's a lot of times the enemy's seeking me, hunting me, and I'm running, trying to hide, camouflaging. Why? He doesn't have no teeth. He hasn't got no claws. Jesus took them away, didn't he? So we're running from a toothless wonder, aren't we? When he catches me, what's he going to do? He might throw me around a little bit, but he can't claw me. He can, he can gum me to death and slobber on me. But how can he hurt me if he hasn't got any weapons anymore? Because Jesus took them away. I'll tell you how he can hurt me. It's because when I don't operate under the spiritual warfare and the things that God has given us and, and, and operate in it, then I basically took the dentures right back out of the jar, stuck them back in his mouth, put the claws back in and say, okay, here, I'm all yours. But why? Why do we, why do, we do that? Because we don't understand the power of a battle plan. We need to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. So he's not a roaring lion. He's, he's a great deceiver. Walks about seeking whom he may devour. So it's like, no, devil, you can't devour me. You haven't even got the power to do it anymore. But if you go over to Hosea 4, 6, here's the reason why a lot of us get devoured. It's because the, it says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Mm. So if I'm not in the Word of God and I'm not getting fed... And, and we get fed every week, don't we? But a lot of times we're not getting fed. Why? Because sometimes we have a tendency to take what our pastor's preaching to us, and we just like, he knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, that's cool. I'll listen to it. But you know what? We can't just take what someone speaks to us and take it as the gospel truth, can we? We're supposed to work all, all of us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That means we got to get in the book, too. He's giving us some stuff every week, but I got to take that stuff, go home, and I got to study it. I got to show it approved. I got to approve that word that he's been teaching me. You can't just go by what someone says to you, can you? How, I mean, I, I got direct TV, so there's a lot of Christian channels on there. And there's some good ones, and then there's some I'm going, oh, good Lord. If I was to listen to this, I just might as well just give up and roll over and die, because it's like, where do they get it from? Because that's not in my Bible. But if I don't know my Bible, then I'm going to be listening to what they say, aren't I? I'm going to walk around all defeated all the time, you know? Really, that's like what you're doing when you go in the spirit realm and you've got that spirit on you. That's like going into a gunfight with a little pocket knife. You're not going to get very far. You're only going to take a couple steps and you're gonna be, it's going to be over, isn't it? So we, get, we, just, we destroy ourselves because we have a lack of knowledge. We fall victim to the devil and become his prey when we're weak in our walk with God. Man, I tell you what, the devil has no power over us. But man, when we don't know what we're doing and we're not studying and we're not in the Word and we're not praying all the time, and we're not putting on that spiritual warfare that God has given us, then we're just a victim. We're the prey. We're the ones running. We're the ones counting on the camouflage. Oh, hope he can't see me. All the while he's laughing at you because he's toying with you. He's like that cat and a mouse. When I was a kid, we used to have a cat. That thing would love to catch mice, but it would play with it before it would kill it and eat it. Toy with it, taunt it, slap it around, bite it, throw it, and then kill it and eat it. That's what the devil does to some of us sometimes. We let him play with us. We let him throw us around. We let him beat us. 
And here the whole time, really, we think we're getting tore up, bloodied up, but he's just gumming you. That wet stuff ain't blood. It's just his slobber. But we think we're bleeding to death. Why? Because we haven't got a true revelation of God's word in our life. If you're going to Ephesians chapter 6, I want to start on verse 10. Here's where I mess up a lot of times. Right here, this verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And being a guy, and you know, a lot, most guys, we're macho. We don't need help. We can do everything on our own. And everybody around just like going, hey, this is going to be funny to watch Tony do this on by himself because it's, it's going to be a mess, right? But see, there's the key. I've got to learn. We all got to learn this, guys. We've got to be strong in the Lord, not ourselves. I can't do it on my own. I can't make this work. It has to be in God's strength and in the power of his might. You know, the good soldier is not made in time of peace. Any of you guys military in here? Been out to wars, been out about in the battle? Tell you what, they didn't just, you didn't sign up and go in and they threw you out in the field, did they? You went through some serious testing. You went through some, you learned about your weapons. You learned, they broke you down, didn't they? They broke you down and rebuilt you. You go in there, you're thinking, my God, what did I get myself into? These guys are mean. They're tearing me up. They're not nice. They're screaming at me all the time. But you know what? They're putting you in that position. They're putting you... See, the human frame, if it is to acquire strength, must not be wrapped for years in swaddling clothes. We can't continue to live our lives as a baby, can we? There ain't no strength as a baby. There's a time and a season for that, isn't there? There's a time for the sincere milk, you know, the, the milk of God. But there's a time when we've got to progress on up and get some protein. We've got to get some serious stuff in us, don't we? And so we can't just be um, wrapped for years in swaddling clothes, but we've got to be trained to run in the race and wrestle with strife. That's what makes us tough. That's what makes the soldier strong. Because I tell you what, by the time those guys get in battle, there may be some stuff that comes up in battle that they're not used to, but I guarantee you, they've been through every scenario that's known to man in part of a battle. They, they put them through tests. They go through live fire rounds. You know, they, they do everything. Those guys know their weapons inside and out. They can break them down, tear them apart, have them back together and cleaned. Like that. Why? Because they did it over and over and over and over again. So that's why when pastors preaching, we need to be in the Word. We need to study the Word. We need to hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. What are you doing? You're building up your strength in the Spirit. You're building up the inner man. You're putting some weapons in your arsenal. We've got to build our strength, don't we? We can't do it if we're not in God's Word and we're not reading it and repeating it and we're not building the Spirit man. So when strife comes, what happens to, the, to us? A lot of times when we get some things that come against us, the first thing that happens is fear. Fear will come upon you. You're in a realm you're not sure of. Man, how am I going to do this? How's this going to work? But see, don't let the devil trick you into thinking, oh, this is where I'm supposed to like, just back out, not do what I'm supposed to do. That's the time right there God's building us up because we've got a battle we've got to win. So when the strife comes and the hard stuff comes, remember, good soldier was never made in time of peace. They're made in the time of war. Now, pastors asked us all a hundred times, how many wants great victories? Every hand will raise up. Even if you don't raise it in your spirit, you're like, yeah, I want some victories, man. I want something on the wall that shows I went through some stuff and I came out on the other side. But you're never going to get great victories if you can't get in the battle. You just can't. It's not going to happen. I mean, as tough as some of us guys think we are, and I'm talking about myself, you know, we all, oh, I'm a man. 
But how many know it ain't going to be too wise for me to go out on the battlefield and I'm the only one out there and there's thousands on the other side and I'm out there by myself. Too many times in the spirit realm, that's where we are. We're out fighting the enemy all by ourselves. So if you go to verse 11, it says, We need to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, he's full of wiles, trickery, deception. He camouflages. And if we don't know God's word, he knows the word. I'm going to tell you right now, the devil knows God's word. He knows it. He knows it probably better than most of us. And what does he do? He camouflages the word to deceive us. So if we don't know the word, he's going to give me, Tony, here, well, this is what the word says. And if I don't know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. But I didn't get in the book and go, no, wait a minute now. That's not what the word says. It says this. Now what I do, I just gave all my weapons away. I handed them right back to him. I said, okay, tear me up again. I'm kind of stupid, slow learner. I, I like getting chewed up, bloodied up. So we've we got to stop falling into the hands of the enemy and his deception, his lies. The word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. So verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavy places. So see, this isn't a, this isn't a physical fight, guys. You know, I remember when I was younger and I'd get ticked off about something. I'd be like, devil, you show your face right now. I will bloody you up. I will swell your melon. I'm going to tear you up. I'm, ta I'm not talking about spirit. I'm a kid. I'm like, you come on, manifest yourself. I will whip you. That's that, you know, cantankerous young spirit that sometimes we need to have as we get older, don't we? But not in our flesh, but in the spirit. Say, so, yeah, come on. Give me your best shot. Right? And this ain't even close to what I did last service, is it? But we've got to remember, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're, we're fighting spiritual things. You know, and our fight is not physical, but it is spiritual. So with that in mind, I want you guys to watch this video. God's given each one of you weapons, tools that you can use that you can pull out on a daily basis. He's given you prayer. He's given you the name of Jesus, and he's given you worship. Things that if you will begin to use them and be trained on how to use them, you can actually take the battle to the enemy. This rifle is an uh, AR-15A4. What's unique about this rifle is that it was designed as a, a marksman-type rifle, and it's the same round that's used by our military today as well as a lot of other different militaries across the world. Holy smoke! Did you see what it did to that watermelon? This is a Remington 1187 police shotgun. This is used um, mainly by a lot of police departments, and what's unique about this gun is because the gun can fire against the automatic, it allows a policeman or a police officer to, if, if they're having to shoot at someone, they can actually fire around a corner like this and just keep pulling the trigger without having to pump the gun manually like a, a Remington 870. <laughs> well, so much 
for really close quarter combat. There was there was nothing left of the enemy. And that's, that once again, God's weapons. You see this in the natural? Just imagine what God has through prayer, through using the name of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, addictions and problems just explode at the name of Jesus. Yeah, this is a legally registered M16 uh, rifle. What this gun allows you to do is to be able to select if you're going to shoot the have the gun in safe operation. If you're going to go in semi, which means with every pull of the trigger, it's going to be one shot. Or if you need this to go to fully automatic, you switch it all the way over to the other side. How many bullets can a person shoot out of a gun like this per second or per minute? This particular gun fires about 800 rounds a minute. 800 rounds per minute. You know, that's what God really wants us to understand about prayer and about His Word and about worship. How we have weapons at our disposal that can absolutely wipe out the enemy in every part of our lives. Weapons like this are really ours for the asking. You just have to get comfortable with this weapon. This weapon is heavy. It takes a little bit to get it up. And really, the kick isn't very much. But the absolute power outside of the end of the barrel is mind-blowing. And what you're going to have to do is begin to use the weapons God's given you. It's one thing to say, yeah, I've got guns. It's another thing to say, I know how to use them. Yeah, isn't that true? You can have a gun all you want, but if you've never used it, when it comes time, you need to. You're not going to know what to do, are you? That, that right there, that gets me jacked up because I like guns. I love shooting guns. You know, But you know what? That's looking at the fleshly realm of a war. It doesn't it. And when you go into war, you want, I, I want some of that stuff right there. If I'm going to go into a war and I've got to go into a battle, I'm going to have to work out a little bit because what I'm going to have to carry is going to take a little strength because I'm going to have a backpack full of grenades I'm going to have two of those M16s strapped here. I'm going to have a rocket launcher on me. I'm going to have pistols on my legs. And I'm going to have stuff hidden where if I need more ammo, I got it. But that's how we need to be in the spiritual realm, guys. We need to have some stockpile of weapons. And there's places you can hide those weapons, and you can have them, and you know they're there. And when you're in a position, you think, ah, what do you do? You go to that secret place, and you grab some more weapons. Right? So you know what? What's cool about that is, now me... You know, snipers, man, they're trained one shot, one kill, aren't they? And they can take somebody out from a long distance. I've heard now they can take guys out at two miles away. The guys don't even hear a shot. They don't even have to hit them. If they're behind a concrete wall, they hit the concrete wall. It'll blow a hole in the wall, and the concrete takes them out. Deader than a doornail. But there's some power in that, isn't there? A lot of velocity. Well, that's how the word is. That's how the word is. See, when I was in high school... I wish I could have said I was in grade school, but in high school, how many of you guys have been involved in BB gun fights? Oh, yeah, baby, I got a scar to prove it right there. <laughs> had a, you know, we thought we was being smart and careful and safe at the time, and, and uh, I had an old Daisy Red Rider, the old lever action, remember those? Those were cool. Well, one of the kids that was my enemy at the time, he had a Crossman pump. Well, he, I heard him pumping it around the corner. He put about five in it, and I'm calling time out because I'm going to take my coat off. And as I spread my arms out, he pops around the corner and pow! Instantly. No, we, I didn't, we didn't have no eye protection on. We had, you know the baseball, the hard baseball hats? They're just a hat, but they're the hard baseball style. Well, that's what we wore because, well, we've got to protect our head. Eyeballs are wide open, you know. <laughs> Here, I want some new jewelry, you know. Um, but as that, as that BB hit me, man, I tell you what, instantly I dropped my gun and I buckled over in pain. Ah! 
and then I went for pain. I'm ticked. And when I came back up, he saw my face, and he took off running and dropped his gun, and I chased him. But how many know, too many times in the spirit realm, we go after the devil with that BB gun, don't we? We hit him. He's like, oh, ah, and then he's like, hmm, that's all you got? And now he's mad. Man, you can't go into battle with undersized weapons. You know, funny thing was, is I got shot. The wound wasn't bad. Well, the, what, what the bad part was is as I took my pocket knife and I dug it out, then I made a bigger wound. But, you know, if a couple days later, because I, I was staying at my friend's house for the weekend, and then when I get home, I forget, leave my shirt off, and I go out to breakfast, and my dad looks at me. And I got this about this big. I got every color known to man in rings, you know, and then a big scabby spot. And he's like, immediately he's like, BB gun fights? Yeah. Well, you know better. I said, what are you talking about? You tell me all your stories. His stories of him having them. They used to make homemade darts and throw them at each other with the neighbors across the street until they stuck a kid right above the eyeball. And they thought, well, that's probably not smart. We better not do that no more. But you know what? How many times we do that? We toy with the enemy with our little weapons. Really don't have the big, the big guns out, and he's just laughing at us, playing with us. But see, remember, our fight's not physical, it's spiritual. But man, I tell you what, if I'm going to be in battle, I want, I want that M16. And I want to be like the sniper with that M16. I don't want just one shot, one kill. I want 800 shots dead on bullseye. That's how we need to pursue our spiritual warfare. So in 1 Samuel, if you go to chapter 17, verse 47, it says, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword or spear. See, that's telling you right there, God saves us not with the natural weapon. It says, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Too many times in my life when I'm fighting the same battle over and over again, it's because I didn't realize it's God's battle, not mine. And when I make it my battle, the battle lasts a long time. And what does it do? It hurts my spirit, man. It hurts who's around me. We've got to remember the battles of the Lord. Any parents in here, you have your own children. I've got a 24-year-old. She just turned 24 last week. She's in the military. She's in the Air Force. And, you know, great relationship all her life till she hit 16. You know, and she was a product of divorce. So, you know, all, you know that's, that's, pro- that's tough on a kid coming from one house to another house. In my house, I always had the same rules. I made a decision when she was young. She's my daughter, not my best friend. And my job as her parent is to make sure I raise her to the best of my ability and give her what she needs. And when she turned 16, things changed, and we had a big blowout, and there was several years where we didn't really have a lot of contact. But during those several years, what I should, could have done is got the spiritual weapons out instead of the Tony weapons, because when she would hurt me, then what, what, what do we want to do when someone hurts us? Immediately the flesh wants to hurt back, don't it? Because it's justified. I'm justified. They did me wrong. Hey, won't you play another somebody done me wrong song? So we get on our little crybaby pants and we wallow around in our own diapers, don't we? I, I'm speaking for me right now. So it took me a while to figure out, and, and God using my wife, to say, now, honey, we don't respond to people the way they respond to us, do we? Yeah, don't. She can have her life the way she wants. You know what, man? All I'm doing is just giving the teeth back to the devil. And you know what? I'm seeing changes now. Why? Because I had to get a revelation. But listen, it's not what they do to me. It's how I respond to them. 
It's 100% how you respond. It does not matter what your child's doing. It does not matter what your family's doing, your friends are doing. The bottom line is, is we're supposed to walk in love. And we speak life. That's a serious weapon right there. When we do that, we take it away from the enemy. He realizes when we stand on that, he can't fight us. He may still try, but he can't win. He cannot win if we stand on the word. And we realize we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, guys. Our fight's not physical, it's spiritual. So in 1 Samuel 17, 47, I just read that, but I want to read it one more time because we need to get this. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle's his. So when you're, if you're in a battle, let, remember, okay, Lord, this isn't my battle, it's yours. I'm going to do what you've told me to do. I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to show myself approved. I'm going to arm myself with your armor. And with that being said, let's go back into Ephesians 6, the 13th verse. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. <laughs> Too many times we grab a piece here and there, don't we? Not, for, not very smart to go out in battle with just your helmet on, is it? They give you body armor for a reason protects you against those the enemy's fire doesn't it so it wouldn't be too smart for me to go out in a battle all by myself and i got i got right here but everything else about me is exposed one shot one kill remember sometimes we we leave ourselves out and the devil will take some shots at us and they leave some serious wounds man and if we can't pick it back up and get back into what god's word says a lot of times those wounds can really take you down and seriously hurt you so we've got to remember, we've got to take up the whole armor of God that will be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. God's armor is the strongest armor there is. The military's got some cool stuff, but they don't compare in the spirit what God has for his people. You know, 2 Corinthians 10.4, that's not up on the screen, but we all know it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We want to see strongholds taken off of our lives? Then we've got to remember, those weapons that we have, they're not that kind of weapon. Those are cool weapons. I'd love to have a lot of those weapons. But in the spirit realm, that's what we should look like. We should look like that. We should be locked and loaded, carrying some serious ammo. Amen? So verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Man, there's, there's some more weapons right there. Truth. Devil don't want truth. He wants lies. He deceives us. He tells us lies. He gets us to believe things that aren't true. He don't want the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the Word of God. Why do you think it is when you get in the Word of God? You know, I can sit down and watch two movies, no problem. Back to back. Eyes don't get tired now, but the second, what happens when you open your Bible up? Okay, Lord, I'm going to spend some time with you. Next thing you know, your, your, your paper's wet. Because <laughs> you're drooling all over it, man. You're like, what's that noise? And you're oh, man. But you know what? That's just the spirit of slumber that he He does not want you in the Word of God at all. He does not want us talking to God. He doesn't want us to even speak his name. But I'm going to tell you what, if you press through, I found little tools that will help me iPod Touch, man. I love that thing. I can download all kinds of Bibles on it, Bibles that will read to me. So when I lay down at night and I need to wind down and I need to get some thoughts out of my head and allow God to start getting some other thoughts back in me, I plug that thing in and I go through Scripture. And then I rewind it, listen to it again, listen to it again. But also I get in the Word of God. And then when I'm getting tired, I fight it. 
Why? I'm like, no, why are you getting tired now? You can sit down and watch Rambo. You can watch all these movies without even thinking about it. You know, go, baby. But when I get in the Word of God, I turn into a little girl. I'm so tired. Pastor Tom worked me so hard today. Pressing through. That's another weapon. Got to press on. Keep pressing. Don't let the devil rob you of your time with him because that's what he wants to do. Verse 15, it says, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, but above all, but above all, we need to remember this one right here, all those keys that God's given us, all the weapons of our warfare, all of the armors that he's given us, you can be locked and loaded, loaded completely up with all that armor on your body, have all the weapons you need, but if you do not have the shield of faith, you are wasting your time. Seriously. Because why? Because without faith, it's totally impossible to please God. And here's the deal. If you haven't got faith in the weapons you have, you may not use them to the full extent that you know you should. So above all, we need to take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How do we know he's throwing darts at us all the time? Fiery darts. Trying to take us out. Trying to take us off of where we're supposed to be. What God's trying to do. What he's trying to speak into our hearts, into our lives. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There you go. I mean, I got a sword tattooed on my body. I mean, I earned that baby. That baby hurt like fire. But you know what? What it reminds me of, you know why I did it? It reminds me that my Bible is that sword. That reminds me every morning when I get up, go in the bathroom and I look at it, I go, okay, I need to take the sword of the Spirit, not just the sword of this thing on my body, but the sword of the Spirit because that right there, mm, more powerful than any any sword out there. It's sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. That's what our Word of God is. So when the devil's coming at you, if we've got the Word, what do we do? We slice and dice. We can cut him up, can't we? So with that in mind, guys, there's three spiritual weapons we all need to have. All through, you know, you seriously, go back this week. Get in Ephesians 6. Go through that stuff because there's weapons and keys. But here's three key weapons that I believe we need to have to be successful in be the, being the predator instead of always being the prey, running, 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 running from a def defeated foe. We're running from someone who's been defeated already. Why? Because we've got to get that. So the first one, the first spiritual weapon we must have is prayer. Prayer. It's more powerful than we know, guys. Prayer changes everything. I'm still here doing what, I, what I'm doing right now because of prayer. We've all had seasons in our lives, haven't we, where we know there's someone in our families that was praying, interceding over us, keeping the hand of God on us, even though... He didn't need to be honest at that time. You know, you're out doing your own thing, every one of us. And I thank God for prayer warriors. Kept me. So prayer, we got to have prayer in our lives. But what kind of prayer? Not just that, oh, now I lay me down to sleep. That's a defeated prayer. That's what you teach your little kids when, you know, when they're really young. That's great then. But how many know you can't just keep praying that prayer when you're 45 years old? Seriously, we can't. We got to have some prayer. We got to have some conversation with God. How do we do it? Pray, pray His Word. You know, Kim and I, we've been, we've, been, we've been doing this for a little while now, and we started. Pastor's been really encouraging all of us, and I, I challenge everyone to do this. Get a word. 
Don't just read the word, get a word. And when you get that word, write that word down. We put them on our fridge now, and we're changing them out based on we get another word, okay, man, I'm not going to take one word, and that's going to be the word I stand on the whole time. I'm standing on that word, but when God gives me another word, that's going back on my fridge. And now we read that word, and we read it together, and it's on the refrigerator. Why? Because the refrigerator is my friend. Yeah. How many know at 2 a.m. in the morning you wake up, that's, that's a good friend to have, especially when you're craving ice cream. <laughs> Say, I have a weakness now and then. I used to do it every night, but now it's once on a blue moon. You know, man, so I like ice cream. But you know what? When I go to open that fridge up, there's those scriptures, and I look at them. But what I do is I take that now. We take that, those scriptures that we've got there, and we put our word on it. We put our name in it. We've attached that word to us now. That word's for me. And you know what? When you make it yours, there's some meaning to it now. Now it's not just reading the Word of God. Like, oh, dear Jesus, I forgot to read last night, so now I'll read two chapters. And the servant of the man of God rose early and went down. And what do we do? We speed read. Okay, Lord, woo, good to go. But yet we go outside and we get our handy handed to us. Our hiney handed to us. I said it backwards. Our handy handed to us. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. You know what I mean? We've got to get in the Word. Say, God, open this up to me. Mm. So prayer, way more powerful than that. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. This will open your eyes up to what prayer does. It says, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Now, how many know when you get up in the morning and you step outside of your tent, and you walk out, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get some sunshine and get it's time for coffee. And you look out, oh, my God, there's an army out there. They're staring you down. They're hungry. They want to eat you. What happens? Fear. That's what happened to him. Fear hit him. What? So what did he do? He says, and his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? He didn't like, hey, dude, what's up, man? There's some guys out there. No, I'm sure he was scared. I'd be. Step outside, I'm by myself. Oh. There's 5,000 Steves out there with armor and, and swords and knives and guns wanting to take me out. I'd be like freaking out, right, wouldn't you? But see, that's, not, that, that's what the devil wants us to think, that we're all by ourselves. But what does it say in verse 16? It says, so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with you, us are more than those who are with him. See, Elijah had a revelation, didn't he? He saw something that his servant didn't see. How did he see it? Because he was in contact with God, wasn't he? He had some prayer in his life. He had a connection. So what did Elijah say in verse 17? He says, And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now that's the kind of battle I want to go in. I got horses of chariots and fire, angels, warriors, right there, ready to fight for me, defend me through the Word of God. Amen? How many, you know, it'd be pretty cool if we could come by here on a Thursday night, because every Thursday night we have our prayer warriors in here, our intercessors in here. They're praying over this body right here. They're praying over us. They're praying over people in need, praying for our pastors, every one of us. And so they're warring what? They're warring in the heavenlies. Their fight is not physical. Their fight is spiritual. They're tearing down principalities. They're binding the hand of the enemy, helping to break down strongholds in our lives. So wouldn't it be pretty neat to drive by here one night on a Thursday and you're driving by and you're heading home or whatever and you come by the church and you look and God opened your eyes up and all you see is warriors, chariots of fire, swords all around this sanctuary, around this building? Because that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like in here right now. We just can't, our, 
our, our fleshly man can't see it, but I guarantee you right now, when we have services and pastors preaching and the words going forth and the anointings hitting like our young people this whole weekend, leading us into the presence of God, there's angels all around in here. What are they doing? When we release ourselves to worship God and come into his presence, we've released an angels to come around here. There are people coming here sick or in bondage who need Jesus. And when we operate in the realm that God's called us in, what happens? Now we've got a battle and they're fighting for us. It's not us. It's them. We're being, they're fighting on our behalf, tearing down strongholds, breaking chains of darkness. So it's very important that we understand the power of prayer, guys. And pray in the right thing. Well, how do I pray the right thing? Pray the word. Can't go wrong, right? There's every application in the word of God for every problem we have. Everything. If you've got a problem, I guarantee you can figure out how to fix it by the word of God. So why do we run to everything else? Because we lose sight of the power that God has for us. You know, also, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us we need to pray without ceasing. So when we're praying, we don't quit, don't give up. We pray continually. Sometimes when you don't know what to pray, I pray in the Spirit. Why? Because now I'm praying God's will, not mine. Because sometimes my will is not His will, and I'm, when, if I catch myself praying the wrong thing, I'm wasting my time, and I need to, oh, let's rewind, God. Let me get back on track and pray what, you, what your word says, not what my flesh sees. You know, a lot of times I nullify what God wants to do because I'm not praying his will and I'm not trusting in him. I'm trusting in the arm of my flesh. But you know what? The second um, spiritual weapon we need to have, guys, and this is very powerful, just like prayer, but it's the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus alone is powerful. I remember as a young kid, my dad was telling us a story one night. He was in bed and he says, and all of a sudden, middle of the night, woke up, and he had a spirit of fear was on him so strong, the presence was there. The presence of the enemy was there, and he says, and he couldn't move, he couldn't do anything, he said, but what he could do is say, Jesus. He says, I didn't know what else to do. He's pretty young in the Lord. He says, I didn't know what else to do. Jesus. He says, and the more I said Jesus, the farther that presence moved away in the room. He says, and then the farther away, he says, the louder I could get. He says, and before you know it, I'm speaking the name of Jesus and praying in tongues and speaking the name of Jesus. Satan don't like that name. He don't like nothing about Jesus. He don't like nothing about his word. That's why he fights us tooth and nail to get in. When we get in the word, when we speak about God, he might, when you want to go witness to somebody and God's put it on your heart to talk to you when your fellow co-workers or it's a family member and you know, we know when the time's right because the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, doesn't he? And when the time's right, but yet if we're not solid in our faith, we'll let the enemy come into our minds and talk us out of what? Sharing with that person. And that very word we had for someone could have been the word that changed their lives. So we've got to be bold in our faith, don't we? So not only do we have to have prayer, because prayer is so powerful, but also we need to learn how to use the name of Jesus. It says so in Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. it says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood... Uh, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Man, when the enemy comes after us, we got to remember, God's on my side. Devil, you may be coming, but my God's going to put up a standard against you, and he's going to shut you up. Not me. I can't shut you up. I can only shut him up through the name of Jesus. So what happens when we don't know what to do? 
Speak the word. Speak the name of Jesus. You don't want to hear it? And the third thing, guys, is worship. You know, we've all been worshiping all weekend, all three services. That's not what it is, though. That's a byproduct, isn't it? That's, what we, that's one part of the things we do. You know, and our, our youth, man, awesome job this weekend leading us into the Holy of Holies to worship. I'm going to tell you what, God's raising them up. And it's, you know, Pastor Tom and I, we're like proud papas. It's, it's awesome to see. I, I'm sitting down here watching these guys, and I'm just, and they're not just playing well, but they're taking us somewhere. They're not just entertaining us, guys. Worship. You want to tear down strongholds? Then let go of our flesh and worship. Because what we do all week is what we do when we get here. If we're not worshiping throughout our week, we're not going to worship when we come in here. Because we can come in and we can fake it till we make it. Sometimes if we're just faking it all the time, that's all we're doing. We're not fooling anybody. I mean, it'd be pretty cool for, you know, sometime each of you to come up here. Because there's times you've been up there and you've seen me. You know I haven't been in worship, huh? It's pretty apparent there sometimes, you know, I'm like, uh, but you know what? That's not pleasing to God. I got to step out of my flesh. But how am I going to do that when I change my worship throughout the week? It's got to be a lifestyle. It can't be just what you do when you come to church. It has to be a part of our life. Worship, adoration, complete awestruck of God, and totally amazed at his love and mercy for us. And when we learn to do that, that changes what we do in here, doesn't it? So let's go to Psalms 56, uh, chapter 56, verse 4. It says, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. See, when we understand our weapons that God's given us in the spiritual realm, and we're locked and loaded, and we are ready to take the enemy out on, in, in any given situation, then how, then how can we fear what man can do to us? Because God said the battle's his. And when the enemy comes against you, and we think all things are going to be bad, no, no, we've got to remember, wait a minute, battle's not mine, it belongs to God. And my God said, when the enemy comes after me, he's going to raise a standard against him, so therefore I will not fear, and I not, will not walk no more in doubt and unbelief. That's, that's where we learn how to be the predator. Like I said at the very start, every one of us should be a predator, guys. Always hunted. Jesus was ultimate predator, wasn't he? Came to this earth, lived a, what did he do? He was always hunting him. He fought and conquered through his faithful preaching, his holy living, his works of faith, and his labor of love for us. He died on the cross for all of us. Like I said last service, Joyce Meyer made a comment last night. She says, you know what, even if it was just Linnae, he still would have died on the cross just for Linnae if there was no one else. That's how much he loves each and every one of us. He would die just for one, but he died for all. That's the ultimate worship right there, isn't it? It says in uh, Psalms 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. And I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. So when we understand the weapons that God has given us, and we understand that we should no longer fall victim to the enemy, and we should not be the prey always running, we should be the one chasing the devil out of our town. We should be the one fighting him in the spirit and in truth, not in our flesh, but in the word. We should be locked and loaded, Uzis hanging off your body. 
ammo belt clips you got it man when this really when the devil sees us and he's he, he come around the corner and he sees us and he sees all that armor on us when well, he he can turn around he go, oh, i'm gonna go hit someone that's weak amen so we got to remember we need to praise the lord with our whole heart so when we learn to praise during the week when we come in here now we've prepared ourselves for worship and to give him our all not just come in like oh i wonder if so and so's watching me that's the enemy fighting you, deceiving us, lying to us, tricking us into receiving what God has for us. Amen? Pastor Tom? Amen. Give him a hand. Praise God. Amen.